Audio action. Salutations. I'm Sophia's friend Bronwyn. And I'm Bronwyn's friend Sophia. And this is Quotes and Anecdotes. That might have been the best we've ever done it on Skype. See, Not- well, here's the thing, Sophia. But I know that for you, it sounded like you were doing it at the same time. Oh, no. For me, it sounded like it was about two seconds after. <laughs> so, well, we're back on Skype, guys. I know. I know. It's, I don't know if I'm it's sorry good. about this. This might be partially our fault because I didn't really, or my fault as well, be. Uh, oh, mostly because I didn't I didn't really realize um, that we weren't gonna have time oh, to record in person, and then I forgot about it, and now it's Tuesday, so this is the day before Wednesday, and I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was really no, I meant set up Bronwyn. I meant like you know it's we don't usually record the day before the podcast goes up, so it's an unusual. Yeah, no, it is a little weird, but next week. And hopefully for the next while, we'll see what we can do. We're going to try to keep it because we like to upload every week. We don't want to really skip weeks. Um, and sometimes that means recording over Skype, which I think is okay. Yeah, not too bad. Hopefully it's fine. Yeah. So again, we're going to revisit a section that we started last week, which is like having just little words that we found through the week, which I thought of the word name wordlets. I, I love I, I think I it's amazing. It's so cute. It's like chicklets. That's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> like like owlets. If it, like, and, and exactly. Imagine if chicklets was a word. That's a cute <laughs> word. Wordlets. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like little love. words, except they're not really little words, but like little words that we heard throughout the week that we liked. We're using, yeah. Well, yeah. I, and I have a document now on my, uh, computer like a little like sticky note document thing where I can just add words and there have been a lot of words this week but I chose my two favorites two of my favorites but yeah Sophia what is your uh first wordlet that you heard this week that you loved so um my first wordlet I found it uh, I love the word wordlet that we invented um I heard it as um, overzealous at first and then didn't really realize that the word overzealous comes from zeal which I already sort of knew what zeal meant but I really liked the definition for it so I figured I would put it in the episode and so uh, zeal means great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or objective so like you'll often hear people say like he worked on that essay with great zeal or whatever and so I just I it's a it's a good word it's a good definition it's fun and so I liked it. It sounds um, like a mix between jealous and like a compliment, but it's a good word. Yeah, you know it can I mean? says both a compliment and a like bad thing. What's yeah. the opposite? Like overzealous. That's exactly. the word. Um, what is your wordlet? Your first wordlet. So my first one is Bildungsroman. <laughs> I can't pronounce it right, but it, it basically Bildungsroman. Bildungsroman. Yeah, so it's. Like B I L D U N G S R O M A N, um, and it means a novel dealing with one person's formative years or spiritual education. Because um, like roman is like a novel um, in many languages, including French, which is cool. I think it's a German word. Um, but my uh, Greek teacher was like, "Ooh, we were talking about books," 
And he was like, ooh, I find that some buildings Roman are really good. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, Do you not know that word? Um, <laughs> I thought it was a cool word. Yeah, I can imagine that um, finding wordlets will be uh, a bit easier next year when I have for Latin and Greek teacher in school because yeah. it seems like he's got a, a very wide vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my my second wordlet is just just kind of a word that I thought sounded cool, um, and it is umbriferous, and which is it's fun to say, mm-hmm. and uh, it means providing shade or shady. But I like the word umbriferous. Umbriferous. It's fun to say, and so that's why I included it as my second wordlet. Yeah, I think some of the best words are the words that are fun to say. Yeah. What's so, your last wordlet? Yeah, so my last word, word wordlet is auscultations. So it's actually funny because right now we're reading um, a, we just read in English, an essay called auscultations. Um, and I heard it, I was like, you know, that's actually a cool word. I've never heard it before. And it actually, what it means is the action of listening to sounds from the heart, lungs, or other organs, typically with a stethoscope as a part of a medical diagnosis, um, which is kind of a strange, yeah, it's strange. It made sense for the essay. And yeah, I don't know. It just, it's a cool word. It's, it seems very like, I don't know, imposing or like majestic I don't know what the word is but it seems very like prestigious almost yeah that's not a good word for it either but I know yeah I get what you're trying to say cool looking word cool word so this is like almost like a warm-up section you know yeah like I feel like I'm just like starting out nice and like (laughs) warming up my word muscles (laughs) like now I'm all ready to talk for the entirety of the um episode Maybe I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not, Bronwyn. Maybe um, those word muscles need a little bit more work. No, see, I can't even go through with the weird I... metaphor that you put out there. <laughs> I think I was a bit uh, overzealous with that oh, one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that we're losing. We're losing ourselves. Already, and we're only at wordlets. All right, I cannot get over how amazing that little phrase that you've made up is. I love it. Wordlets. Oh. Anyways, well, thank moving you. on. Bronwyn, would you like to introduce our topic for this week? So the topic of this week is history. So the word history comes from the ancient Greek word historia, meaning inquiry, knowledge from That's inquiry pronounced or judge. historia? Sophia. So you see the bolded word? Look to the right of it. I know that's what I'm. I I understand, Bronwyn. I saw both <laughs> words on the Google Docs. There's a word that's written in Greek, and Sophia was like, "Oh, what does that say?" And then next to it, in parentheses, the transliteration in English letters. Oh, you mean before? I. <laughs> that is true. Um, that's a good point. I did. I didn't catch the historia on the side. <laughs> but yeah, so that's. What I thought was uh, cool. But Sophia, why did we decide to do history for this week? Well, um, I know, I guess how it came about was uh, for our social studies class, we are doing, which is all history, of course. But right now we are doing a a Cold War research project and we had to choose a specific event. And um, I figured out that, which I'm going to go into a lot more later in the anecdotes portion, but essentially, 
that my grandmother had fled during the Chinese Communist Revolution, which was because she lived in China, and then she had to flee uh, from China to Taiwan during this time period. And I realized that last a couple weeks ago when we were choosing our topics, and so uh, that kind of escalated into me um, interviewing her and asking her a lot of questions about her history and my family history, which I had never known before um, this week. And I ended up telling basically everyone that I knew in school her entire story because I thought it was so fascinating. It is very amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And I was uh, really sad that I hadn't asked her about it before now because it's such an incredible story and I wish I had asked her about it before. And so sort of coming off of that, one of our friends uh, was saying, like, you guys have to, or said to me, you have to tell the story, your grandmother's story on your podcast. I think that would be really cool. And so as a way of doing that, and also because I'm passionate about history, I think it's pretty interesting, um, we decided to do history. That was a long way of explaining how we came about yeah. the topic, no, but, but it's, that's, that's part of the reason why yeah. we are doing history this week, as yeah, well as the definitely. fact that I think it's important to yeah. learn about history. Brown, would you? Oh, wait, who gets to start? I don't even... What oh, you're six? editing. You're going first. I'm going first. Okay, so we my word... system, uh, guys. We do have a system. Uh, I My word is not quite as, I don't know, fitting as Bronwyn's word because, well, I don't know. Um, but I was sort of li- trying to think of uh, wordlets. I was sort of in the mood of, like, cool words. And so my mindset for finding a word that had to do with history was important. Like I wanted to use a word that had a similar meaning to important because I think that, I don't know, history is something that a lot of people regard as boring and like unimportant and they don't want to pay attention to it. And so I thought it would be good to emphasize the importance of history, but important is a boring word. And so I looked up important synonyms and I found a really (laughs) cool one and it is salient which I've never heard before, and it just means most noticeable or important, but I just thought it was a very, very cool word. Um, And it comes from Latin, so it came from salire to salient, which means leaping, and then salient (laughs) in in the mid-16th century in English. Um, So yeah, that was just a cool word that I hadn't heard before, and I chose it because, uh, you know, as I said, like a lot of people... um, definitely are I think bored by history and they don't understand the um significance of it and how important it is to learn about it and so that's why I chose this word I think it's funny because I'm in a like for me at least like my relationship with the history class and that subject I find it very interesting and fascinating and again we can go into it more in anecdotes but like my Greek teacher and also my civics teacher this year both have such a passion for history and like thing events that happened so long ago and it really I find that so interesting to listen to someone because it's like listening to a story but it also yeah. has like I don't know it has it's interesting to think about because it's things that actually happened too um but I know it's also not something that I'm probably going to pursue like past like in later education and and for my job but I still think it is really important and also like really interesting like there's just a lot of I don't know 
I I love I love history. Um, yeah. I I I mean I definitely agree with everything that you're saying. Like I it kind of saddens me that a lot of people find it boring and just kind of brush it off as like I'm never going to need to know this later. Like maybe it's not going to be super important in your job, but it is still important to learn it, and I I find it really interesting to learn as well. And especially like you said, when they're when teachers are um, super passionate about it, that just it gives you a whole new perspective on history. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so what's your word? So the word that I chose was potential. Um, this was a word I don't think I've used this one before, um, but it seems like a kind of word that would have come up before. I hope I, it's not a repeat. Uh, but it means having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future or latent qualities or abilities that may be developed and lead to future success or usefulness. Um, and this is something that I really like about history, which is it, because of especially events that change the world, um, and whether it's for better or for worse, or it's something that now it's just something that changed what language someone spoke in a country and it's more objective and less like an emotional change in that country. I think it's interesting because it shows, it almost gives hope for like change for an issue that's like current right now. Like there's been change in the past and like you can change the future and you have as much ability to do that and as much potential to do that as anyone else. So I think that history just is kind of can give hope because it can show you the potential that the world has to yeah. come better. So for sure. It's it's a way of giving you the or showing you maybe um the potential that you have to make the world a better place. And Definitely. I love that. That's a very that's yeah. great. Um and the etymology of the word potential comes from late Latin potent being able late latin potentia power late latin potentialis and the english potent and it turned into potential in late Mid middle english so yeah okay that's cool because um yeah like possum is like i am able to yeah do in latin and then it turned and then potens is powerful and the fact that and it like if something's potent it's like cool. strong like it's yeah. a strong like, you're able to, and it's a strong, like, almost hope that you're able to, a strong, like, indication that you're able to do something. I don't yeah. know. I love the word potential in general. Like, not just yeah. its, its connection with history, but I think it's just a really um, wonderful word to... I love that word. Think about it. It's a very good word. I just think that it's, like, cool because it kind of, like, no matter what's going on right now, you have the potential. You could become anything. Yeah. And do anything. So I don't know. I just like it. And I love the etymology of potent, like you're able, you are you are able to do this. You have yeah. the potential to do this. Definitely. Pretty cool. So those are our, our words for this week, but moving on to quotes, again we're we kind of agree that we really like having multiple quotes because it lets us see different perspectives, um, and a lot more sides to an issue. Uh it gives us I don't know. I find quotes interesting um, and seeing different people in history's uh, perspective on things. So we're both going to have multiple quotes again. But Sophia, would you like to start? Sure. So my first quote is super 
short and sweet. Um, and it's from the musical Hamilton, which I'm sure most of you know or have heard of. Um, but it it is just history has its eyes on you. And that is one of the uh, names of the songs um, in Hamilton. As someone who went through a giant Broadway phase in, I think it was like seventh and eighth grade, the first musical that I found that I like really, really loved was Hamilton. And um, I became... <laughs> I became obsessed with Hamilton. I knew all the words to the lyrics, and I just thought it was amazing. Um, and this was a very good song, and it I it popped into my head when I was thinking about um, quotes, like history quotes. Uh, this one was the first one that popped into my head, and I don't know. I just find it it's an interesting quote. It's not really a I don't, just. It makes you think a little bit yeah. because um, uh, in the play, George Washington is saying this to Alexander Hamilton, saying like, "You like already with what you've accomplished and what you've done, you are going to be noted in history." And um, like, I don't know. For better or for Just, worse, it kind of holds you accountable. Right? Yeah, it could go either way. Like, be careful because everyone's going to take note of this, and history it could be watching, or it could be just like you know. Um, like, look what you've done. Uh, not look what, like, look what you've done. A, a more like positively connotation yeah. to it. So I, I think and even the like, song can be interpreted either way. Um, I think also it's like history is kind of dependent, like history is looking at you to make change or to yeah. positively impact the world. Future history is looking, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're trying to say. Like, um, history is, it's looking at you to make your contribution to the world. And so mm-hmm. make sure that you make that happen. And uh, in the musical, George Washington, I believe, I mean, but I believe George Washington was sort of like a mentor, uh, even father figure for, yeah, because I remember son, don't call me son. Anyways, um, <laughs> back to me now. Um, yeah, but sort of like a father. So just, I think this was kind of an like advice, maybe warning or just kind of like, Hey, make make your contribution because history's gonna be watching. This is kind of a lesson. I don't know. Thought it was a good yeah. quote that way. I thought that was great, Sophia. Yeah. So what is your first quote? So my first quote is if you don't know history, then you don't know anything. You are a leaf that doesn't know it it is part of a tree. And that is Michael Crichton. Um and he was an American author, screenwriter, and film director and producer from 1942 to 2008. So I thought that this was a really interesting quote um, because one, it's talking about the importance of history in like you don't know anything about the world around you and you don't know what to appreciate and what to what you take for granted if you don't know how you got to be here and the things around you got to be here. But also, I think, like, your leaf that doesn't know it is part of a tree is kind of, like, you don't realize that you're kind of one part in a whole big timeline of things that have happened in the past and that will happen in the future. Um, And also, family-wise, like, I don't know, we talked about a bit before how, like, important it is to know your family history. If you have that opportunity, then don't take that for granted because 
I think it's important to kind of know where you came from if you have that option. Um, and kind of the idea of like a family tree. You're a leaf that doesn't know where the rest of where your family you tree. From. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that quote because I also love that it emphasizes the importance of history. Like it's very, um, it's really important to learn history and to know that, you know, you're a part of the world that's had so many more experiences before you came along and experienced it. And you can connect that to family as well. Like you're part of a family of a group that has experienced um, so many things before you came along into it. And it's, important to learn that as well and it's important to try to become a part of the tree as much as you possibly can I agree but yeah so do you want to move on to your second quote uh sure so my second quote is um man's nature his passions and anxieties are a cultural product as a matter of fact man himself is the most important creation and achievement of the continuous human effort the record of what we call history and that was said by Eric from um and he was a German-born American social psychologist, psychoanalyst, sociologist, humanistic philosopher, and democratic socialist. So he had a lot of stuff under his belt. Yeah, I mean, I guess just that I thought it was really cool that um, the, uh, the current state of mankind is, as, is a result of what happened in history and what uh, humankind decided to do in the past and uh, those decisions created society and life now. And so uh, another quote that just kind of goes to show you the importance of history and the importance of learning from history. Um, and I, I also just thought the way that it was phrased was really cool. Like uh, an achievement of the continuous human effort, the record of what we call history. So yeah, just thought it was a cool quote. Yeah, I really agree. I think that, I think you really summed up what I was going to say, but yeah, it's kind of cause and effect. I don't know. Yeah. And like, that's why history is so important. Because and it's a cycle, because what we decide now as a society um, will impact what happens in the future. Yeah. And it's a yeah. responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. Indeed. That's not my next quote. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what is your next quote, Bronwyn? So my second quote is, history cannot give us a program for the future, but it can give us a fuller understanding of ourselves and of our common humanity so that we can better face the future. Ooh, that's very good. Yes, that's Robert Penn Warren. Uh, and he was an American poet, novelist, and literary critic from 1905 to 1989. Um, and, yeah, I, let me see. Um, I'm not sure where to start with this, but a lot of the time people say, like, history doesn't, or it's important to know history so that, like, you don't repeat it in the future. Yeah. Or something Learn from that, history's honestly, mistakes. I find, yeah, stuff. exactly. And something that I honestly find interesting, there's, like, things like uh, different ways that people have analyzed history, whether it's, like, through game theory and noticing patterns in history. And from that, they're kind of 
able to predict the results of current events. And I think that I actually find that really interesting. But I also think that it's important to realize that, like, history is not going to tell us exactly what's going to happen in the future. Um, because no matter what we can expect to happen, there are always going to be nuances. There's yep. always going to be a result that we don't expect. But instead, it kind of history lets us understand what's happening and know that it's maybe not like it makes sense that something's happening it makes sense that we can and the world will change and it kind of shows us how humans are all kind of the same right um and it just kind of lets us understand the world that we live in um so that like it says so that we can better face the future so we're more prepared for what the future might bring we're not going in blindly because we've had the past to kind of show us what the world has gone through and what it might go through in the future. Yeah, absolutely. That was an amazing way of explaining it. And I I don't know that I have anything to add. Yeah, I really love the last part of that quote um, that just says so that we can better face the future because, you know, it's acknowledging that there's, I mean, history does repeat itself a lot of the times and it's kind it, it is hard to avoid that because like you said there will always be unexpected surprises but learning from history can help us um, you know confront the problems of present day um, and you know it can it can help us along so that we can yeah exactly like it says better face the future I love that I thought it was pretty cool yeah there is no shortage there is no shortage of history quotes I will tell you that. No, it was not difficult to find history quotes for this one. Which was good. So, I think that it is time for you to do your little spiel for the next one. Excellent. (laughs) While you mute your microphone so you can eat more crackers? How did you guess? (laughs) (laughs) But what is your third quote? Uh, Yeah, so my third quote is another um, short and sweet one, so you won't get to eat crackers for long. Um, And it is, history is at once freedom and necessity. And that was said by Antonio Gramsci, um, who was an Italian Marxist philosopher. I don't know, I thought this quote was kind of interesting, because um, the fact that, you know, history is is freedom is kind of jumped out at me because, um, you know, sometimes in period, there's, there's uh, not as many records of history in periods where, uh, especially from uh, a very, very long time ago, but also in, you know, bringing back to what I said last episode about like times of war and art and times of war there, sometimes, you know, in, or even just times of depression, like there's not, sometimes there aren't as, as many records of history. And also sometimes people aren't free to learn as much history as they want to, depending on where they live or any circumstance really so I don't know I kind of took it as freedom both freedom to learn history as well as freedom to create history if that makes sense um and then but also the fact that it is a necessity like as we've been saying this whole episode like it's it's very important to uh learn history and therefore it is a necessity so and I kind of like the combination of those two terms because they're very different uh in one quote that I think described history pretty well. So that's that yeah. quote. I thought that was great, Sophia. Yeah, um, definitely. It just, it lets you explore and understand your world. 
even more so than you would be able to without history, which is gives you freedom. Yeah. Knowledge gives you the power to fly. That's not your next quote either. <laughs> but would you like to go into your next one? I don't think that even is a quote. Oops. I'm um my mouse is broken. Okay, never mind. It's not. Okay. <laughs> so my next quote is by Anne Frank. Um, and it is how wonderful it is that nobody need wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. Um, and this is kind of going back to the idea that I mentioned before, which is like the idea that history gives you, shows you the potential that you have to change and impact the world. And you don't have to wait a single moment before doing that. Um, because I don't know, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but kind of like you can use history to guide you in making your decisions without having to like wait for your own life to become history. I don't know how much it actually relates to the topic, but I just, I don't know. That's it's a very, very good quote. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think it just was the idea like you have the potential to change the world. And if not now, then when? But that's not very yeah. history related. <laughs> no, but it goes back to your word. It goes back to potential. I guess um, so. And history can sometimes show you that potential. Yeah. Uh, so I like it. It's a good quote. But yeah, just a short and sweet one. Um, yeah. So my last quote for today is, uh, there is no history of mankind. There is only an indefinite number of histories of all kinds of aspects of human life. And that was said by Karl Popper. Um, and uh, Sir Karl Raymond Popper was... <laughs> <laughs> what was that laugh <laughs> it's a great name i know but it was a weird la- you know what it doesn't matter um isn't it a good name though i saw it and i just really papa like it sounds like it would be great in a, a well, british accent what's his job carl raymond papa was an australian british austrian Ph- british philosopher and professor he was Generally literally a british philosopher named sir carl popper Sir Popper. Carl Raymond Popper was an Australian, Austrian, I keep saying Australian. <laughs> Australian with an Australian accent. Austrian. With an Austrian British philosopher and professor, generally regarded as one of the 20th century's greatest philosophers of science. Popper is known for his rejection of the classical inductivist views on the scientific method in favour of imperial falsification. And I don't know what that means. Still talking in a British accent. Yeah, I don't know what that means. So I, don't, I don't really know what empirical, empirical, boy, I can't. Um, empirical falsification. I'm not even sure what that means. So I'm not sure why I included it. But clearly, this guy was a well established fellow. Um, and I, I just love his name. That wasn't why I included the quote, of course, but it made me smile when I found it. So, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's this, you read the quote and it's like, well, well, yeah, there's not one history of mankind, but I just thought it was kind of cool the way it was phrased and, um, how he pointed it out. Like, uh, everyone has their own story. Every family, every single person has their own history. And so there's no such thing as just one collective history of all of humanity and all of mankind. Um, it's, uh, um, everyone's history. Everyone's and, histories to get individual 
unique histories together make up the history of mankind. Exactly. And it's impossible to amass all of that, but it's a really cool concept to think about. Like, every single person in the billions of people on this earth has a history. Yeah, no, but I agree. I think it's cool because everyone has their unique history, which is equally fascinating and important. I just thought it was a cool quote. All right. Now, what's your last one, Bronwyn? So, my final quote is... I like the dreams of the future better than the history of the past. And that is Thomas Jefferson, who was the third U.S. president. Um, He's someone studied in history. You know what? Yeah, yeah, we did study him in history. And he talks about history, too. It's fascinating. (laughs) Okay, so Thomas Jefferson. No, that's not what I was going to talk about. So... Okay, so this quote, uh, so this quote, uh, I like the dreams of the future better than the history of the past, is a philosophy I actually don't really agree with, but I thought that it was interesting. Different perspectives for different people. But yeah, it's that, like, for me, I tend to, like, I always think about whether it's, like, history or the past or whatever, I tend to think a lot about that and reflect on it a lot, um, and I think you can learn a lot from the history of the past but I also think it's interesting that for some people it's like you know what the past is in the past um and like it's time to look to the future the The past is in the past (laughs) let it go um yeah um it's just like you know what time to just move forward and live our lives which was an interesting philosophy that I thought was interesting because it countered kind of what I was thinking yeah um I definitely spend a lot of time looking back like I loved going through old photos for example and uh trying to figure out history and looking at old journals like I, I'm definitely someone who does love looking back but I also I don't know maybe a, a balance between these two is good because I don't I'm I much more often look back than um dream about the future and yeah. so I maybe I should look forward a little bit more and try not to dwell too much on shooting yeah. yeah but anyways guys that was our quote section um that was fun yeah sorry it was a little long we didn't really anticipate how long you don't apologize it was great it was wonderful it was fun we want to leave enough time to talk about anecdotes because there is a lot of anecdote to, to talk about because Sophia has a very interesting story that I that's so, very interesting and I'm cool. all ears. So, <clears throat> as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this uh, topic kind of started with this Cold War research project that Brown and I are both doing. We're in different civics classes, but we're doing. Uh, the same research project in our civics in the contemporary world class, which we already know how much I love this class, but um, I enjoy what we're learning in it, and the teacher is amazing, of course, as well. And so we are doing this project, and uh, I, my group and I, we chose to do the Chinese Communist Revolution, which, um, if you don't know much about it, just to Summing up real quick, it was a conflict between the Communist Party of China and the Nationalist Party of China. And the Communist Party won uh, because they were able to convince 
all of the peasants in China to join their side, and the nationalists were forced to flee to Taiwan. So um, in researching this project, I realized that my grandmother was one of the nationalists that had fled to Taiwan. Um, and I figured this out because I knew that she had grown up in Taiwan, but I also knew that she was from mainland China. So, and I knew that she was born around this time. So I was like, this must have been what she did. And it was, thank goodness. Um, otherwise, I yeah. would have told people the wrong information. Uh, but no, thank goodness. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I meant thank goodness because I got really excited and told everyone and then I came and then I wasn't sure that it was true and was worried yeah, that yeah I got gotcha. you yeah oh boy um moving on a little bit so then uh our teacher our civics teacher who's amazing um said that if I wanted I can use I could use her as a primary source and so I thought that would be really cool. So I decided to interview her for our civics project. And she talked to me for over an hour, which I was not expecting. And she told me her story and it was incredible. So I'm gonna try my best to relay that story as best I can in a shorter amount of time. So it's not gonna be as amazing as her telling her entire story, but I just thought it was really incredible and something worthy of sharing. So- uh, It's incredible. It, it's it's pretty cool. Um, so my grandmother was born in mainland China in, I believe, Hubei province. Uh, and her father was a nationalist and he was fighting uh, in the war um, with the nationalist troops. And so eventually, after the war uh, had, you know, it was coming to an end in 1949, my grandmother was three years old it became very, very dangerous for nationalist families living in mainland China because all of the communists knew that their father, my grandmother's father, was a nationalist and had fought in the war. And so they had to leave. So my great-grandmother had three children, three girls. Her oldest one was Lili, who is uh, my grandmother's sister, and then who was six at the time. And then my grandmother, who is three years old at the time. And then the youngest sister, whose name was Mary, who's only one year old at the time. And so my great-grandmother, she was unable to uh, escape from China with three young girls. She couldn't handle that. So she had to leave one behind. Um, and she was agonized trying to choose which one to leave behind. But eventually she decided on Mary, the youngest one, because Lily was dependent. She could walk by herself and she was able to fend for herself to some extent and my grandmother was three so she could walk a little bit she can eat food she doesn't have to be like breastfed or anything and but Mary was very very young and so my great-grandmother left her in the care of a nanny um, my grandmother and her older sister and my great-grandmother then fled from mainland China to Hong Kong which was occupied by the British at that point um, they stayed in Hong Kong for two years in refugee camps. My grandmother said she was hungry all the time. They had to just eat, like, rice and water. And uh, finally, once they got the paperwork, they were finally able to escape to Taiwan, um, where they reunited with their father. And then all of the rest of my grandmother's younger siblings, she had four more, or actually I think five more uh, younger siblings, they were all born in, in Taiwan. 
Um, Mary, on the other hand, she was left with the nanny, and she, uh, the nanny was afraid of harboring a nationalist child because uh, the China was entirely communist now, and the communists knew that the family had had to flee, so she was terrified of harboring a nationalist baby. So what she ended up doing was going to the church and uh, dropping her at the church and said, like, this is an orphan. I found it on the street. I don't know where it came from. Can you please take it? So the church took Mary. Um, they could only give her a number because they they couldn't name all of the children. So she had a number in the church. She was eventually adopted out to a peasant family um, because the communists kick kicked the nuns out of the church and they killed some of the weaker orphans and adopted the rest out to peasant families. So Mary was adopted by a fisherman who treated her very poorly, treated her like a servant, um, I believe my grandmother said. Um, so eventually, once the Cultural Revolution came around in 1960-ish, I think, um, Mary was like, well, heck this, I'm out of here. Uh, and she went to fight in the war, in the Cultural Revolution. And eventually she um, found, she met someone, she fell in love. Uh, after the cultural, cultural Revolution had ended, she had kids, and she was working in a factory. Um, and throughout this whole time, my grandmother's, the rest of their family was living in Taiwan. And <clears throat> once they got to be a little older, once the, all the siblings were out of school, they all started moving to the United States. And the reason why they wanted to move to the United States was because Taiwan had no connections with China at all. You couldn't make phone calls, you couldn't send letters, nothing. But the U.S. had diplomatic relations with China, so you could contact people in China from the U.S., which is why the family moved to the U.S. in order to find Mary. So throughout this whole time, there had been contact between my great-great-grandmother, so my grandmother's mother's, my grandmother's grandmother, um, had been, she knew that uh, her daughter's child, her granddaughter, had been left behind, and so she had been looking for her, she knew that Mary had been adopted out to the fisherman family, and, but she didn't really know what had happened to Mary um, from the, after the war. So they spend all this time researching years and years trying to find Mary, um, like contacting each other. My great-great-grandmother contacted my, in China, who still lived in China, contacted my great-grandmother in the U.S., tr just trying to find her over and over. And how they ended up finding her was because of the numbers at the church. She remembered her number, and that was how they were able to eventually find her. So my grandmother is a really complicated story, but my grandmother at that time, she uh, was married to my grandfather by this time. She was, I think, in her 20s. And my grandfather is an Argentine diplomat, or was an Argentine diplomat. Um, and they had been assigned to Beijing in China. So when they finally figured out where Mary was, my great-grandmother called my grandmother and said, um we found Mary, you have to go get her. Like, you have to tell her that we found her. And so my grandmother found the number of the factory, and she called up the factory and asked for Mary. And um, the factory workers were like, Mary, there's a message for you. And apparently Mary was like, well, what the heck? I never get messages. I don't have a family. It's just 
my husband who also works in a factory, what is this? Um, so she went and she picked up the phone and my grandmother told her, um, it, I'm, I'm your sister. Like I, I'm your family. And she's like, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't have a family. I'm an orphan. Everyone has told me for my whole life that I was an orphan. And my grandmother told her, no, I like, we have spent years and years looking for you. I, I, we found you. I'm your sister. And uh, apparently Mary started crying and the whole factory that she works in now knows that she has a family again. She found her sister. And so she becomes like a celebrity in the factory. Everyone's celebrating and happy for her. And so the next day, my grandmother went to the factory to meet her. Um, and I mean, it was, it must have been incredible. I don't really know what that was like. But I mean, can you imagine finding your sister again after 40 yeah. years, I think it was? And they barely knew each other before that. So, I mean, just amazing. And then uh, a really sweet story as well, because all seven siblings pitched in to buy her a house in the U.S., uh, in California. And they all helped their, the entire family move to the U.S. And they set her up there uh, in California. And she's, according to my grandmother, she's so sweet. And she's not bitter at all about leaving, yeah. uh, about her family leaving her behind. And I just think it's a really, really cool story. And okay, I mean, really neat. I only learned this on Thursday, like just last week. Yeah. Uh, it was a huge part of my family history that I really didn't know much about before. And so just kind of connecting it back to what we've been saying throughout this whole episode, like it's really, really important to learn history. Um, and uh, with this particular uh, anecdote, family history is very important. Like you never know what you might be able to learn if you yeah. ask your parents a question. And so I don't know, that was, I think, a really um, impactful story about something that happened in history that I wanted to share that was part of my family yeah. history and also just pass along the message that ask like ask your family questions about your family history because you will learn things that I'm I guarantee you will surprise you yeah no definitely like if you if you don't ask now like when are you gonna ask and I don't know there are people who yeah it's who you have in your life who can tell you about their lives and stuff and I think it's just really important to I don't know to learn that definitely um do you want to say one of your anecdotes or okay so well I don't have anything nearly as powerful as that <laughs> just some like a few little snippets um so the f first thing I was gonna say uh just I don't know this is one of the cool things from my family which isn't quite as neat as that but it's still pretty interesting but so cool I think fact. it was my great great grandfather who was a Hungarian guy named Charles de Bell, and he was this rich, not rich. He was this painter guy, so an artist. Came from a rich family, married a rich person, used, spent all of her inheritance. Was not a good person. <laughs> like oh, no. spent money recklessly. Got disowned by her family and his own. And so he's like, "Hey, let's go to the United States on the Titanic." And he was like, cool, we're going to go on the Titanic. Yay, cool ship. We, they were, like, going to be on steerage. Like, they did not have money to spend on this. He then, the morning of, woke up and wasn't feeling too well and was like, ooh, I don't feel too well. Let's just get the next ship. And ended up, instead, taking a ship to Montreal. 
So that's, that's I don't know. It's good luck, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you that wow. If he had gotten, it's cool. Yeah, if he had I, gotten on the Titanic, who knows what would have happened? I know. So good and maybe thing, you wouldn't yeah. be here. So good thing he felt yeah. sick that morning. <laughs> I know, right? No, but and like I don't know. It's just a cool thing. Um, he was a pretty well-known artist, um, and I googled him just because I knew, like, I'd be able to find out. I wanted to know, I couldn't remember if he was, like, great-grandfather, great-great, or whatever, and so I looked him up, and along with some paintings, which I saw, which it was weird, because one of them, like, I recognized from one that we have at our, uh, that I saw at my grandparents' house, and, like, I saw one that we have at our mm-hmm. house, and, like, I don't That's know, it was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, on Google. Um, but he also, his age, I just thought this was funny, and that's a tangent, but was he was born in May 17th, 1873. And I guess if you don't put a, a death date in, it just tells you how old you are. So he's age 145 years. Um, so I don't know. Just wanted to mention he, he, that. He never really died. Whoa. Whoa. And they never told the family back in uh, back in Europe that, they didn't die on the Titanic. What? So my grandmother con- like found them on like Ancestry.com and was like, hey. And they're like, wait, we thought this like whole branch of the family died. And they're like, nope. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's yeah, amazing. But you know, interesting story. It's still pretty cool. Yeah. So the other two things that I have, two quick ones. Um, the first one is about um, my other grandmother who last year or let me see, I think maybe 2016 or 2017 or so made a for my grandfather a history going as far back so April 2017 um made a book of my grandfather's side of the family his history going back as far as she could find that's so sweet so, yeah and then wow. like the first actual people and like the places start coming in like se- 1750 a bit before that and she went all the way back as far as possible and oh she my made gosh. A- and it's really cool because it goes also up to people that I do know um and yeah it's just a really neat book it's funny because now she's like oh I want to like redo it there are things that I would change and I just think it's incredible because it's like a whole like you guys can't see this but I'll show Sophia it's like this whole book that Oh my made. gosh, it's a real book. That's yeah. cool. No, and it's really neat. And I really I just and she found pictures as far back as she could and like wrote down like their biographies and stuff of all these people. And I just think it's Amazing. really neat. Um yeah, and I just thought that was really cool. Oh, it's so neat. Yeah. And the last thing that I wanted to mention was about my driver's ed class this past few months. And it's funny thing to bring up, but in this class, the guy who taught it was a really funny, really nice, really interesting guy. And he legally wasn't allowed to let us out early because it was a two-hour class. and We had to be there for, like, basically the two hours. He could only let us out, like, five, ten minutes early tops. But sometimes there wasn't enough class material to last the entire two hours. So, like, there were times where we would have an hour or a half hour left. And so he started... In those times, if we had any questions or if he had any ideas to talk about, he would teach us about history because That's he so cool. minored in history and he knew a lot about it and he loved it. 
And we had one day where we talked about the Norman conquest of the Anglo-Saxons and the armor. Or we talked about the Hundred Years' War. Like, he... That's so cool. He just spent, like, the whole time talking about it. And everyone was so interested in it. And I think it was mostly me and one of my friends because we were a bit more nerdy, a bit nerdier. Both take, like, (laughs) Greek and Latin and all that stuff. But we... It was just a really interesting time and he loved it so much and he knew so much about it and he's not planning on becoming a teacher but if he became a teacher I think he would be a fantastic history teacher because he just loved it so much and just would like talk about it and it like it was driver's ed class but like I loved it because those times were so interesting um and I just amazing I thought that was really cool yeah that's awesome but that's what I have for anecdotes in my experience with history. But on to you, Sophia, for your last closing up. Yeah, um, I mean, my last one is um, Shucker, about a teacher. And yeah. I mean, similar to uh, what you were saying about your driver's ed teacher and how he's so enthusiastic and so passionate about history, um, is, I mean, I just wanted to mention, again, our civics teacher, our social studies yes, teacher. Definitely. She's so wonderful. And the reason, part of the reason why I love her class so much is that she's so passionate about what she teaches. And when she's telling us about an event or something that she's she's teaching us about, that doesn't, I realized as I was saying that, that I just said the exact same thing. But it doesn't matter. Like, you can see, you can see her excitement and her enthusiasm. And it, it's completely contagious. And it's very, and she's, uh, this year definitely helped me remember that I do enjoy learning about history. Yeah. And I, that was something I'd kind of forgotten. Like, this is a topic that does interest me. And so it's, I just wanted to reiterate that it's, it's very um, inspiring to have a teacher who cares so much about the topic that they teach. And uh, when it's history, it makes it even more interesting to learn yeah. history when the history teacher is is very interesting and very enthusiastic yeah but yeah she's a really great teacher and then I also forgot about this but your grandmother's family history book reminded me that um I might do something similar for my grandmother's Mm -hmm. story because she has such a fascinating fascinating story of how she you know fled from China first of all but also going back like she mentioned that her mother fought in the Sino-Japanese war which was a couple years oh, really? earlier yeah so um I I would love to do something similar like compile a, a book of her entire history yeah I think that'd I, be that's, very cool. I think that would be really great yeah. yeah but I think this is where we're gonna leave you guys this has been another long episode we know uh they're only getting longer but yeah <laughs> we have a lot to talk about and we hope you enjoyed it uh let us know what you thought Yep, absolutely. Um, just our normal quick shout-outs. First to our intro music, which is... Inspirational Life. And our outro music, which is... Blossoming Inspiration. And we also have an Instagram that you can find at quotes.and.anecdotes. Go follow us. We post updates of when our episodes are out. Yep. Also go follow our friend who drew our cover art. Um, you can find her at DinoBite on Instagram. That's D-I-N-O dot B-Y-T-E. Uh, send us an email if you want to. Um, if yeah. you have questions, comments, concerns, ideas for topics would be great. We don't have yeah. uh, uh, running out of some topic ideas, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, you, you can email us at quotes at gmail.com. 
Yeah. So anything else? Rate, review, subscribe. So. Yep. As always, we hope you enjoyed listening. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening to quotes and anecdotes. We, we hope, hope you had fun, fun because we, we certainly did. <laughs> Bye, my friend Sophia. Bye, my friend Bronwyn. And cut.